Well, welcome to Aspen Chapel's podcast. Uh, today, Sunday, the 28th of August. And today we're really at the beginning of a semester. Uh, we're starting again, and that's the theme of the service. And we'll go straight into our talk. Thank you very much. Well, I didn't know about you, but for me, um, I'm just back from vacation. Uh, and uh, the kids are back at school. And this is really the beginning of uh, a new semester, this, you know, this time now. You know, summer's behind us, just, it feels like it anyway. Uh, I realise I have to call somebody to do with the boiler again, so that's, that's happening. So summer's behind us, kids are back at school, the festival's over, and we're left looking into the fall, towards the election, Thanksgiving, and eventually to Christmas. And it's that, that phase that we're going to now, And I think a new beginning always gives us a nice pause for thought. You know, where are we going? Where are you going in your life? It's worth considering it. What's your life about? How are you doing with that? Could you be doing better at what you're doing? Where are you failing What could you change in your life? And how do you manage carrying on? Just asking yourself those questions occasionally, just giving a review of what's happening, I think it's an important thing. And as we do so, we look around, you know, when we have a beginning like that, and hopefully we we try to make adjustments. We try to alter the course of where we're going. Trouble is, there's that old joke uh, told about the motorist who's lost in the countryside. He asks the local the way to the big city, and the local tries to give him directions, and eventually gives up and says, well, if I wanted to get there, I wouldn't have started from here. <laughs> and we often feel that in our lives, you know, where we're trying to get to. We think, you know, I want to get to this place, and I think, well, I'm in a completely the wrong place to be able to get to where I really want. And you just give up at that point. You think, well, no, I, I can never get there. But You know, as we take stock of what we're aiming for and where we get to, it's it's easy to forget the fact that we're always in the perfect place to take the next step. In our lives, we're always in the perfect place to make the right step. A while ago, I, I was talking about humility, and I said there that there were three things that we should do to ensure that we stay in that place of humility. And we're going to be looking at this over the next period of time. The the three things to do. The first thing you have to do when you're looking in that, being in that place of humility, the first thing you have to do is to hold your nerve. Now, holding your nerve speaks to the idea of sanity, of health, of being able to balance what's going on in your head with what's going on out there. And holding to what you know is true in the balance of those two things. That's what really holding your nerve is about. And then the second step in humility is putting, once, you, once you've got to that point of holding your nerve, you're then you put one foot in front of the other because you, you can't stand still in life. You have to move forward. That old mystic Frank Sinatra, do, be, do, be, do. You've got you've to keep going in your life. Um, and move forward. And that last third thing 
to do in humility is that as you're moving forward to respond to circumstances, whatever they are, in a loving way. That's the third step. You know, it's all about love, really. You know, it's no coincidence that Jesus, you know, two great commandments, love your Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's all about responding to circumstances in a loving way. And that also holds when we start out on something. We're starting out at the beginning. It's tempting always to look back when you're starting out, you know, in, in a situation like this, you know, in just coming into September, I think, well, really nothing's changed in my life. You know, what have I actually achieved? The truth is, in holding your nerve, it's really about not, in, not getting sucked into what you think about the circumstances of your life, no matter how good or bad they are. You know, in your life, you could be on a roll at the moment, you know, with your job, with relationships, with finance, whatever. But letting that determine your behavior is just as bad as letting a perceived failure determine your behavior. Both are aspects that are in the past. Your success or failure are, are in the past, and they're not in the present. And, you know, we have to have an attitude that takes things freshly. Someone said uh, a while ago, it's not the problem that's the problem. It's not the problem that's the problem. It's your attitude to the problem. Things you can't control what happens to you, but you can control your attitude to what happens to you. And that is a key aspect. And so we arrive at a fresh moment. And I always think when we arrive at a fresh moment, the best thing to do is really to give thanks. And if you don't know what they always say, if you don't know what to pray for, give thanks, because it puts you in exactly the right place. And I think it's it's always a good thing to do, and it, it puts you in the right place and also helps you to hold your nerve, which is why we, cho- I cho- we chose those hymns that we've got today. They're hymns about giving thanks for the beauty of the earth. It's great to be able to sing that in the valley, for the beauty of the earth, for the beauty of the sky, to give thanks to all that we have in our lives, you know, giving thanks for the beautiful valley that we have, the opportunities we have here, the people around us, our community, the freedoms that we're blessed with, the chance to once again go out and explore the nature of the spirit of all life. You know, that's a great freedom to be able to do that and not be interfered with while you're doing it. And these are things to be, I think, grateful for. And they can stand, we can stand steady as we consciously hold our nerves and ready ourselves for the next step into the next phase, which is all you do when you put one foot in front of the other. And I think, you know, we should take those steps forward with confidence Confidence in the process of living, in our, in our individual place within the universe, and the fact that what we, what we do has relevance and matters. You know, it's so easy to forget, which is little old me, but what we do, all of us, even in the checkout queue or here, it has relevance and it matters And over the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring those three steps, exploring what it means to hold your nerve, what it means to put one foot in front of the other, and what it means to respond to circumstances in a loving way. And just so we've got some fantastic uh, music coming up over the period of time. We are really lucky to have next week, we're going to have Valley Musico here, amazing jazz group. 
And Mac Bailey's going to be here the week after that. And then Sarah Stevens. And all thanks really to the Little Water family who are sponsoring this month to celebrate their birthdays and the wedding anniversary. Thank you so much, uh, Gary and Daylene, for, for doing that. And it's going to be a wonderful, sort of rich period of music here. And at the end, we've got this um, Harvest Festival looking at uh, what we're growing uh, what we've grown over the last period of time and how we can harvest that. And that's going to be put on by our uh, Steiner group. And it's a, you know, a richness that's ahead. But we do need, when you start again, you do need to decide to go again. And that's a wonderful expression. It comes from the First World War when you know, the troops went out over the trenches, went, went you know, all the way back, and then they fought back, and then they went back in their trenches, you know, all covered in mud and stuff like that. And some of them would salute their sergeant and say, shall I go again, sir? And it's that expression. So when you're blooded in battle, you know, part of you wants just to stop. But it is about really saying, shall I go again, sir? And all of us have, you know, had new beginnings in our lives and think, oh, gosh, is it going to make, make any difference? But it's having the courage to go again at that moment. Think, right, I am going to make a difference. And in that context of going again, it's putting ourselves in the right place to continue cooperating with the cosmos, which is really what life is about. It's about the cosmos is the ordering of life. And the idea is that there is, this is the idea I live my life on, the idea is that there is a natural unfolding of life that is going on whether we like it or not. And our purpose in life is to cooperate with that natural unfolding. And everything we do is really about seeing that we can put ourselves in the right place to cooperate with that natural unfolding. And to do that, we have to right ourselves to be in that place. Again, holding our nerve. So really, as you do that, I ask you, you know, how is your practice going? You know, do you have a practice, you know, a meditation practice or a quiet practice? You know, have you got one? If you are, how's it going? If you haven't got one, you know, give me a call if you want to, you know, and come and have a chat about setting one up. Because for me, that's really what, what enables us to be resourced. It's great to come here. This is a practice. But having something at home that just starts you off, keeps you going, is always really important. And for me, that's where spiritually the rubber hits the road it's in a practice like that where you're doing that so you know think about that you know or if you haven't got one think about coming on the developing conscious course that's a practice something you can start doing it it enables you to begin this next phase of time and if you don't know what to do say give me a call and we'll have a chat about it or maybe join one of the men's groups or the women's groups anything you can do to refocus in your life as to what's important to re-ask yourself, you know, what should I be doing? What am I eating and drinking at the moment? Is that working for me? You know, what am I spending? What am I watching? What am I focusing on? Is it working for you? Maybe one step is to take a little inventory and to see where you're at. And all these things will give you an idea of how to take that next step. Because once you've taken stock, you've got to get out there. Once you've taken stock, you've got to do something. And then Life comes at you, and you have to do the third thing, which is respond in a loving way. It's easy in circumstances just to react to what's happening, you know, like a knee-jerk reaction, reacting to people and events and circumstances in an unthinking way. And I mentioned before, it was Viktor Frankl who said that between a stimulus and a response, 
there is a space. Between a stimulus and a response, there is a space. And in that space is your power to choose your response. And in our response, the way that we respond lies our growth and our freedom. So I ask you to look at the way at the moment you're responding to circumstances and to consider whether or not your response is a loving one. Do you give of yourself in that response? Is it patient? Is it kind? Because it says in 1 Corinthians, love does not envy. It is, not pa- it is patient. It is kind. It does not boast love. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, because, this is a great bit, love never fails. Isn't that an amazing thought? That love never fails. And as we hold our nerve and take that steps, it is love that we need to rely on. And in order to rely on it, we need to consciously express it. Because that's our task, to consciously express love, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And that's the mindset that we really have to adopt as we begin. Not to look back, not to look forward, but to walk in love. And you can remind yourself and continually do that, to walk in love. And by doing that, we begin that task of cooperating with a friendly universe to bring about the transformation of our own individual consciousness and thereby help with the transformation of the consciousness of those around us. Because that's what we're about. That's why what we do matters. is because we affect people around us. And if we transform our own consciousness, then we transform the consciousness of those around us. And that is how we get things to change in this world. It's not by moving the furniture around. It is by individuals transforming their consciousness. And along the way, the bad news is that we all suffer pain. We all suffer pain. But transformation comes when we're willing to have that pain. I know I've said this before, but it really is the key. When we're willing to have the pain that we have and have it become a spur to love. Pain should be a spur to love. We are, in fact, you know, we are, in fact, designed to take in pain. We're designed in our life to take in pain, to treat it, and to give out love in its place. That is the purpose of the human spirit, to take in pain, to treat it, to deal with it, and to give out love in its place, which is not what most people do. They take in pain, they find someone to blame, and they blame that person, they give out hate instead. I mean, that, that is literally how it... That, if you want to know what the transformation of humanity is, it is that transformation. It is transforming taking in pain, and then blaming someone for and giving out hate, which happens all over the place, to taking in pain, dealing with yourself and giving out love. That's why Jesus said on the cross, forgive them for they know not what they do. You can go, oi, you, why have you nailed me up here? It's not my fault. It's the Romans. He didn't say that. That, that... That is the key, isn't it? That is the key to everything, by the way. That transformation is the key to absolutely everything. And we could go on it forever, but that is really the key. You have to feel the pain first. This is the bad news. 
You have to feel the pain personally in order to use it. And there is a space, and in that space you have the power to choose your response. And most of us, we can't do this because we're not willing to feel the pain. We prefer dope, we prefer drink, we prefer sex, we prefer shopping, we prefer, you know, all that stuff. And what we're doing is robbing ourselves of the ability to create transformation. Get in a place where you're really feeling pain. Then you can really be an engine for transformation. That's my job, anyway. So, to react, to blame, to lash out, and to try to make others feel pain on your behalf is not a loving response. Instead, we are to take in pain, to suffer it, and give out love. And that is the way of the Christ. That is the way of Christ. That is the way of the cross. And that is the true meaning of nonviolence. That is the essence of it. And so don't be afraid to re-embark on the path. You know, commit yourself to it, because it's really worth it. You know, if not you, who is going to do it? I mean, you look around. You know, you've got to start somewhere. Open yourself to what life has to offer. And cooperate with that transformation of consciousness because that's why you were put on earth. That's why you're here to do that. Anything else is, is, is not the reason. It's, it's a blind alley. You're here for that transformation. I've finished. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, we do pray that in this world, there may be a shift in this consciousness that people will be willing to take on pain and willing to transform themselves. And in so doing, that our world does become a more loving place. And we just thank you that you give us the opportunity of freely being able to consider doing this. We pray for our, our town here, all those visiting, all those working in the town. Pray for the valley, all those coming up and down the valley to offer work, to make a contribution. For all of us living in the Roaring Fork Valley, we just pray for us that we may be able to really make a difference to ourselves and people living here. Pray for our country at this difficult time of election, that you will really put light and love in people's hearts, hearts of our leaders. And we pray for the world that, that again, this difficult time, So many tragedies happening all around the world, people suffering, pain. Pray for those people still trapped in that situation, Italy, the earthquake. Just give thanks for the peace uh, deal in Colombia. Just pray that there'll be more peace in this world and that you will bless us with the ability to help with that. And we especially pray for people in our community who are suffering or dealing with illness and and pain. We pray for Philip Hodgson, Patricia Hill, Barbara Orcutt, Georgia Ortis, Will Welsh, Carly Nelson, Maureen Hirsch, Elise Strickland and Carter, John Waller, Erin Tully, Betsy Ratcliffe, Marsha Morris, the Kennedy family, Tom Isaacs, Val Britt Kalberg, who's suffering from pancreatic cancer. And David Little, who's in his last days. Lord, we just pray for all those families and people that you will bless them and enable them to overcome what they're suffering with now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.